it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whenever you are listening to this Hoosier fans out there in Hoosier land, thank you so much for tuning in to the Often Daunted podcast hosted by me, Burke White, here every Monday of the offseason, just giving you the latest Hoosier news, um, latest news around the country, and uh, yeah, just a segment shooting the shit with you in this offseason as we don't really have that much news to go over. So before I start, I just wanted to uh, give the Hampton in Bloomington a shout out. Uh, They recently followed me on Instagram, and I just wanted to shout out that whole crew for housing me my final semester in 2015. Uh, I was a four and a half -er, folks. Uh, Commuting for one day. (laughs) It was a ridiculous setup I did in my final semester. I had to finish four classes to graduate, and in order to do so, I packed them all onto Monday. And (laughs) in order to meet that, I would be commuting one day a week from Fort Wayne. Uh, to head to those nine, like head hit classes from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then I drive back to Fort Wayne. I just wanted to give a shout out to the crew at the Hampton Inn because that place took good care of me on those exam days where I would elect to get myself a hotel for a decent price. Welcome to the often daunted podcast Hampton Inn. I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> Thank you guys. Also, everyone else tuning in here. You are so appreciated. The numbies continue to climb and I cannot appreciate it enough, guys. You know, I'm not, I'm not giving you the, hot, the best stats. I'm not providing the most insight. Uh, I'm just out here getting a little delulu about IUU. And uh, I'm glad you guys are along for the ride. So with all the thank yous out of the way, let's kick it off with some national news for you. So in national news, I just wanted to uh, share a couple stories happening around the world of college basketball. I wanted to start off with a crazy story of transfer um, that was recently shared by Joe Tipton. Uh, And that is the recruiting scenario of Cal guard Keontae Kennedy started his, this is just showing you the, the crazy world of commitments we live in. And I mean, can we even trust the ones we got when we get them? I mean, Cal guard Keontae Kennedy started off his commitments um, in October, 2017, when he committed to Xavier. Uh, after a while, in April 2018, he decommitted from Xavier. In June 2018, he recommitted to Xavier. On April, in April 2019, he entered the transfer portal and committed to TCU. In May of 2019, he decommitted from TCU. In July of 2019, he committed to UTEP where he spent three seasons there. Um, his time there, he was averaging 14 points per game in his final season, and this allowed him to enter the transfer portal as a grad transfer in April 2022. In May of 2022, he committed to Vanderbilt and later decommitted. The following month, he committed to Memphis and played one season with the Tigers. At his time in Memphis, he averaged nine points per game, and immediately after that season, in April of 2023, he entered the portal again. In May of 2023, And his most recent commit, Keontae Kennedy, has committed to play for the Cal Golden Bears for his sixth year of college basketball. I mean, credit, it, transfer portal has made everything so crazy. And you hope to God 
this is just the Wild West and it's going to slow down a bit. We're going to find a happy medium, maybe a right way to regulate this and uh, slow down all the action. But as far as you just look at that body of commitment, that body of decommitment, Keontae Kennedy looks like a product of the time right now. Somebody always telling you there's greener pastures elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just such an interesting, it's just such a crazy series of commitments, decommitments. I just wanted to bring it to everyone's attention and really just plead for these recruits to slow down sometimes. I mean, there's some there's some commitments out there that are being denied their uh, second transfer, and that is the ultimate case of uh, don't leave before you know you can land. Somehow he's eligible for Cal. <laughs> I don't know the rules of transfer at all. <laughs> it's crazy out here, folks. In other national news, yeah, I'm, I'm going around the country of college basketball because I, usually I try to stick with the Big Ten here, but I'm going to talk about some of our other opponents, or in Kentucky's case, not not really opponent, just hated adversary. As Kentucky lost some staff to UNC this week, TJ Basner has left his role as Director of Player Development for Kentucky to work at UNC as the head of building out a new NIL collective and heading it up. This comes after earlier this summer, it was announced that Jay Lucas, who was one of Cal's assistant coaches uh, prior to moving to the Duke Blue Devils last season, just this offseason, he was announced as the associative head coach, the associate head coach for the Duke Blue Devils. They discussed on the Eyes on College Basketball podcast about how just five or so years ago, you couldn't get someone that John Calipari wanted around. And unfortunately for all those Wildcat fans out there, it looks like now that everything is above board and the playing field is level, Kentucky's bound to have more and more financial competition. John Calipari's car salesman tactics worked before. His bags under, <laughs> yeah, his, uh, now that everybody can pay to play, Kentucky is bound to have some competition like this. And, you know, as an Indiana fan, you just hate to see a Kentucky staff get gutted by, by just the wolves on the outside. John Calipari's on the hot seat this year, and uh, following that uh, Global Slam Jam or whatever Canadian competition they played in, representing Team USA, which, as a U.S. citizen, I did not agree to that. If my tax money was going to, you know, ship Kentucky Wildcats around the world to play some ball, I want that tax money back. <laughs> yeah, following that hot start, uh, they lost their Croatian uh, transfer 7-2 um, due to academic standards for English, and uh, it just, just seems like this... Uh, this hires a hit, another hit to Calipari when he desperately, desperately doesn't want one right now. <laughs> you hate to see it, Hoosier fans. Other national news for you. Per Seth Davis Hoops, uh, Fox Sports is attempting to arrange a new postseason basketball tournament in Las Vegas for the teams in the Big East, Big Ten, and Big 12 who will miss the NCAA tournament. Fox is planning to encourage corporate sp partners Fox is planning to encourage corporate partners to enter NIL deals with athletes in the tournament. To this proposition, I say no. I say no. I say no. I say no. Imagine the stress that comes with potentially losing a game in a tournament, even more than one than potentially losing a game in the NIT. When I think of the NIT, I think of the NIT as one decent team and 31 absolute losers. You can talk yourself into the minor success of a big dance loss. So much harder than an NIT loss. On top of that, if the NIT is still around, and uh, I mean, if Fox is planning it, they'll probably poach some of their targets. But I mean, it's, imagine this is a third-tier tournament. 
Like, imagine the NIT can somehow stay in that uh, second spot. What the hell is the point of losing the third tournament? What the hell is the point of signing up to lose in the third tournament? That is just a factory of sadness they're proposing in my book. Like, I don't, I, I can't wrap my head around wanting to do it. Um, but, I mean, I imagine if Fox Sports is wanting to do it, there's some money to be made there. It's always money. It's always money. Like, no, no more tradition. It's all money. I just, I don't want this tournament. I don't want this tournament because I don't want the possibility of Indiana finding themselves in it. Because, again, if you're not in the big dance and you win that tournament, you're decent. One could argue you're the 65th best team in the country. Absolutely bananas. Also, if it is Fox Sports that is setting this up, I imagine they would look to target Big Ten teams. And uh, I also feel like just keeping the SEC out due to their ESPN deals would set a dangerous precedent moving forward. An idea of allegiance to TV before a want of competition. Of course, that is the way of the world, but come on now. In other news, Xavier Stud, Zach Fremantle will be will miss the beginning of the season and potentially the whole season following a foot surgery that may result in a second. This uh, was Zach Fremantle's fifth and final season. Now, uh, I have to imagine, should he want to come back, he may get uh, approval via the waiver system that X utilized this offseason. So, like, great system for that reason alone. Um, Zach Fremantle shouldn't be robbed of his last chance to uh, hoop. This uh, injury means for the Xavier side that... None other than Logan Duncombe uh, stands to uh, get his opportunity this year. Stands to get some more playing time with Zach out for sure. We discussed Kentucky. Now in other non-conference opponents I absolutely loathe. Let's talk about Kansas. Uh, Kansas has taken a hit to their backcourt, to say the least, as uh, ex-Longhorn transfer Artiro Morris will be suspended indefinitely following an alleged R that took place in late August at the Kansas men's basketball on-campus residence. In the report, two other players were listed, uh, Johnny Furphy and El Marco Jackson, as witnesses, and a third, Nick Timberlake, was also mentioned in the report under other. This follows his arrest last June after an altercation with his ex-girlfriend. While that charge was hanging over his head, Texas felt no reason to bench him as he played in each of the Longhorns' 38 games last season. Following that event, Morris received a Class A misdemeanor assault charge, but entered a no-contest plea agreement to a Class C charge and was ordered to pay a fine of $362 for an alleged assault on his girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend. I guess that was the whole reason. Following that event... (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, $362, folks. I mean, and you wonder why he could have possibly committed a second offense. (laughs) The first... The first called for 362 bucks in restitution. You wonder why he was able to commit a second offense. Like, what the hell? On, the, on, that, on that first offense, so, I mean, needless to say, Bill Self has not said anything about this. Um, needless to say, Kansas uh, athletic director. Um, let me name this guy, too. Kansas uh, athletic director, Travis Goff. Uh, yeah, just no comment from either of them. Shocker there, right? But, I mean, Bill Self did make a statement when uh, announcing Arterio's um, acquisition to the team. As he said, we are aware of the charge. This is, this is all in regards to that Class uh, A turned Class C misdemeanor and $362 fine. Jesus. It's so ridiculous. We are aware of the charge that Arterio is facing in the state of Texas. 
In addition to working with our athletic department and campus administrators, we have also spoken at length with Arterio, his family, his former institution's University Student Affairs Office, and his former institution's Department of Athletics Compliance and Administration. Based on these discussions, we are comfortable welcoming Arterio to, Arterio to the University of Kansas, and he is well aware of the high standards and expectations that come with being a member of the Kansas men's basketball program. We fully expect him to meet those daily. So, I mean, hey, glowing glowing remarks from Bill Self not uh, three months ago. And uh, this just all makes me think. I, I just can't help but think if someone with that baggage would were to walk into Kansas administration, Kansas admissions, with their own engineered cure for cancer in hand, with that baggage they get denied. Bill Self is a slimeball. End of story. Other than that, in regards to the whole thing, like no jokes to be made here. This dude is an absolutely, this dude is absolutely an alleged asshole. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure this will be a uh, story that is brought up throughout this college season if uh, Kansas hits any skid whatsoever. They love to talk about your failures when you're losing. And uh, unfortunately, Bill Self gets break after break in the eyes of the national media. In actual Big Ten basketball news, I rag on Juwan Howard a lot on this show, but genuinely hope for a great recovery for him uh, following his successful heart surgery on Friday. His, uh, expected to, he's expected to have a full recovery in 6 to 12 weeks, and uh, he could join the team in 4 to 6. This uh, proactive procedure was uh, performed following a routine checkup in which the uh, issue was first noticed. All this to say, go to the doctor, people. Check up on yourself. Getting ahead of these things are the... I mean, keys to a long life, honestly. Get to the doctor, check up on yourself. Um, in lieu of Juwan Howard, Phil Martelli will be serving as the interim head coach during Howard's recovery. And Martelli had a 444-328 uh, and 328 record while at St. Joseph from 1995 to 2019. Best of luck to Juwan Howard, genuinely. Um, he's, a, he's a big name. I mean, ex-NBA guys are exciting to discuss in the college game and he gets eyes on the big 10 he does uh so here's to his recovery so we can continue baiting his ass on the court this week it was announced that Rutgers has a charity exhibition planned with patino helmed st john's on october 21st the proceeds of the event of the event will go to the dick vital pediatric cancer research fund at the v foundation for cancer research it's just a great matchup to honor Coach Jim Valvano, a uh, Rutgers alumni and a New York uh, native. Originally, this game was scheduled as a closed-door scrimmage, but uh, both teams elected to open it to the public for the cause. And hey, great, great cause. I mean, I feel like we're pushing this season. <laughs> All of these uh, charity exhibitions are just proving to everyone that like we can start basketball earlier, I think. <laughs> I think that's what these will eventually turn into. Um, these big, big charity exhibition games will just show everyone that, hey, maybe basketball should start earlier. When the Big Ten has to play 19 opponents to call it a season, we may need to start this season a little earlier. And, uh, yeah, I I, all these charity games, it's great for it's great for the causes, great for basketball, I think. I mean, I just love basketball. I want to watch more of it. And uh, getting to watch Rutgers versus St. John's, because as much as they're going to be exhibition games, these guys are going to put it out there. They're not going to want to get punked by the opposition. It's going to be full go. There'll be exciting games to watch. That along with the Kansas-Illinois game, like all that stuff. Guys, that's all I got for your national news this week. Um, wish I had more for you. Wish I didn't have such bummers for you. But alas, that's what we got for you this week. So uh, so without further ado, 
after we're wrapping up all the national news. You know what we do. We head into the Indiana news. Let's get it going. I just wanted to start with a few thoughts on Indiana football. Uh, congrats to Taven Jackson for his first TD pass in the Cream and Crimson. Here you go. Congrats, Taven. All right. Now my next thoughts on that football game. The diehards want funds taken from basketball for football. And until Tom and Walt are gone, keep your paws off our cash. Uh, so on, I am so on board with investing in football. So long as we've got people worth investing in at the helm. The LEO experiment is numbered, and its days are numbered if something doesn't drastically change here. Maybe maybe a little less love and a little more piss and vinegar from the Indiana football team would help. God, almost came back against Louisville, but what a terrible first half. I still would have made Walt Bell walk home. Congrats to Grace Berger for being named. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, let's get it on a lighter note. Hey, congrats, Grace Berger. Congrats, Grace Berger, for being named to the WNBA All-Rookie Team. Who's your legend now? I mean, Grace Berger's tearing it up at the next level, and uh, yeah, just awesome to see she, she got the recognition that she greatly deserves. This week it was unveiled, the uh, newest banner hanging in Cook Hall, that being the 79 NBA Draft Picks banner. That 79... Uh, holds the honor of being the most in the Big Ten. So, no big deal. We just make pros here. You know, we get Hoosiers paid. Come play, come get paid. Speaking of getting paid, if you are listening to this on Monday, the Indiana University NIL Summit is taking place today. Just a great, great, uh, great event hooking up local businesses with student-athletes, um, making the partnerships, making the deals necessary to uh, take care of these kids on campus, uh, get them paid a little. They're working their asses off. They deserve some cash. Send it their way. And and uh, just awesome that Indiana University is so ahead of uh, planning these types of events. And as far as the NIL game goes, guys, we, we, are, we are up there. We're, we're up there on the leaderboard for sure. We got big brains of Kelly doing all the work for us, and uh, it's much appreciated. Right now, Joe Lenardi has placed the Indiana Hoosiers remaining at that uh, number 10 seed spot for him in his latest uh, bracketology on ESPN. Some other schools are, of course, Purdue and Michigan State, both occupying one seeds currently. We have Northwestern occupying a nine seed and Illinois at a five, Maryland at an eight, and Wisconsin at a seven seed. I know they don't think those teams are going to be better than us. Like, (laughs) what am I saying? We don't even know how good our team is. Yeah, just so yeah, just uh, pointing out where we currently sit in the eyes of the national media. Of course, I, I believe this is all subject to change once we see uh, how all the parts of this Hoosier team, this uh, this untapped potential that currently sits on this roster, can fare. God, Joe Lenardi, put some respect on her name, damn it. In recruiting news, on Monday, Coach Woodson and Yasir Roseman made a trip to La Lumiere to visit with Jer- Jalen Harrelson and Darius Adams. Harrelson, being ranked the 8th recruit in the class of 2025, is a 6'6 guard. And Darius Adams, the 6'4 guard, is ranked number 18 overall in the 2025 class. Other recruiting news, uh, per Jeff Rabjohns, Mike Woodson had an in-home visit with Boogie Flan this week. Uh, as we all just saw, saw Jaden Mustaf uh, commit to Georgia Tech, you have to hope we can land Boogie Flan. We need some help in that backcourt, especially with... Uh, X leaving next year. Now, now I'm hoping 
the Jaden Mustaf, the inability to lock him down here was hopefully due to just Georgia Tech promising him the keys to the entire whip. Like, just you you are driving this team next year. Um, and just selling him the point of making this his NBA audition. Uh, and I hope that was something that Indiana just wouldn't offer him. Um, we have too many irons in the fire with top guys to uh, promise them the world. Because hopefully we have talent that uh, can contend with them and that would need equal, if not more, playing time. That being said, man, we got to lock down some of these guys. I mean, speaking of the guys, we have to lock down more from IU Oracle, Jeff Rab Johns. Uh, when 24-7 Sports uh, released their prospect rankings, he had tweeted this on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Indiana's number of recruiting prospects in the national top 50 and the national top 100 is possibly unprecedented. I certainly don't recall IU ever being in on this many national top 50 and national top 100 prospects. I mean, if Jeff's saying this, it means something. Uh, Indiana is at the table as Mike Woodson has been striving to get this program. And now it's the time to eat, boys. Go and get these guys. We need to get some of these guys. In recent new offers, uh... 2025 four-star Braylon Mullins tweeted out this weekend, After a great visit with Indiana men's basketball, I am blessed to receive a Division I offer. Thank you for the opportunity, at Mike Woodson, at Coach Walsh, at Jordy. The uh, 6'5 shooting guard has taken his game to the next level in the Adidas circuit this year with Indiana Elite. Mullins got with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier to uh, share some of his thoughts on uh, Indiana. He said, I definitely look at the culture piece, and I feel like IU has a culture. That really stood out on the visit. And I like the style of play Coach Woodson has. When it's all said and done, it, IU, is definitely an option. Put another name on the recruiting board. Indiana's got an offer out. Another offer extended this week. Uh, Indiana offered a scholarship to 6'7", 185-pound forward Jordan Scott. Scott is a four-star recruit, the number eight overall small forward ranked, and the number two player in Virginia. Also offering him is Maryland, Cal, FSU, Iowa, Michigan State, Penn State, and Illinois. Indiana's getting offers out, guys. Uh, I know we are still waiting on one to fall. We are, while we are waiting on one to fall, we are in on quite the list of guys waiting to make their decision. There's Liam McNeely, Derek Queen, Boogie Flan, Curtis Givens III, Ennor Botang, Tyler Betsy, and Asa Newell. And while plenty of fans have pointed to Indiana's inability in the past to get this done, I am putting out a plea to those out there with with the more sour outlook on the state of this. Please, trust Mike Woodson. Kalel Ware and Mackenzie Mbako were as huge of gets. They were huge gets. I think many of us take for granted. Uh, I, I think many of us take for granted just what those commitments meant to this program. Th- those, the commitments of both Kalel Ware and Mackenzie Mbako mean Indiana is pitching a case every bit as appealing as those top dogs in the country because both of those guys were wanted by the top dogs in this country. Just trust Mike can navigate this and land us some studs. I, of course, want to see two or three of the guys I named on that eight list of eight before. In regards to Derek Queen, we may be waiting a little while for a decision. As it was just announced, his official Maryland visit will take place on October 20th to 22nd. So far, he's visited Kansas and us. Still to visit LSU next weekend and Houston on October 6th through 8th. That was your latest update on recruiting, guys. 
nothing more on the Indiana front. Check back in with me next week. <laughs> maybe maybe we get some uh, more Hoosier news for you. But uh, right after this word from our sponsor, I'm going to be uh, doing my Hoosier segment. And for this week's segment, I thought this could be, you know, the last of the laid back segments. As we get closer to the season, I wanted to do previews. I wanted to talk about actual competition coming up. So this last laid back segment of the season, I wanted to do some superlatives for your 2023 to 2024 Hoosiers. Uh, just based on your old classic high school superlatives. So right after this word from our sponsor, I'm going to get into some of those for you. The Often Daunted Podcast is brought to you by Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports, uh, just a collection of writers, podcasters, all focusing on their in, on their uh, own individual loves within the Big Ten Conference. Uh, going to be able to make some... Uh, Work with some other podcasters, get some perspective on these opponents of ours heading forward into the Big Ten season, and really looking forward to the opportunity. If you haven't given them a follow at Big Banter Sports, go ahead and do that. But if you haven't given me a follow, do that first. Everything's that often daunted, folks. You can find me out there. I appreciate the hell out of it. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I appreciate the hell out of that. If you could do that, <laughs> as well as a uh, rating would go a long way as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Often Daunted Podcast. I ain't making jack shit on this, guys. I just do it for the love of the game, and I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you. All right, we're going to get into some 2023-2024 Indiana class superlatives. I say class. No, just superlatives for the squad. Uh, this is all for fun, entirely subjective, just a dumb exercise. We will have time for season previews as the tip draws nearer. But with not really knowing what this team looks like on the floor together at the moment, I am going to continue the segment portion this week with another ultimately four shits and gigs segment. So here are the 2023-2024 preseason superlatives for the Indiana Hoosiers. Starting off your superlatives, I'm, I'm going to go with an easy one. This is your comeback king of the year. Uh, that is going to be X, of course. X. Everyone is talk talking Tyson Walker. Everyone is talking Boo Booey. Everyone is talking Jameer Young. Shut up. Xavier Johnson is a two-way demon. And the entire conference is about to remember that once the season gets going. When all these preseason lists are talking the best point guards out there in the Big Ten, they seem to disregard half of the entire game. The defense. Xavier Johnson is picking you up the entire court. He is making you work for every inch you want to dribble that ball. And as far as production goes, he's right up there with, uh, he's right up there with them. Each of them. Comeback king for sure. I'm just looking forward to everybody remembering X. And uh, seeing what just this time to mature could possibly bring to his game. Could possibly bring to his leadership of this squad. For that reason, X is your no-brainer comeback king. Your winner of biggest glow up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I might keep some of them like high school, you know, the same superlatives you'd read in a yearbook. Biggest glow up. Here we go. Got a tie here. I'm going with Malik Renew and CJ Gunn. We all know why with Malik. That boy looks strong as hell. He had the touch and the footwork to dominate, just needed the strength, and by all measure of my, the, giving him the ocular test, he got the strength. What one season in the Indiana weight room can do for you seems to be downright miraculous and I'm excited to see what Malik is going to do when he has all this weight to throw around and in regards to CJ Gunn I was scrolling this week and saw a picture of I believe Caleb Malik and CJ grabbing some grub together and I thought good lord 
CJ Gunn looks like a different person than last year. Whatever happened, that baby face is gone, and our, our boy is filled out. CJ Gunn is entering next season a full-grown man, and I am excited to see what this could mean for his game. The sophomore jump is real, and uh, not, n- not enough people expect it from the Hoosiers. All you hear is that Fletcher Lawyer might become dangerous. Uh, Braden Smith might become dangerous. Yo, what about our boys? These two stand to be very dangerous this season, and uh, yeah, here's hoping for the best from them both. Here is your superlative for uh, most school spirit. This one may seem odd, but uh, right out the gate, Gabe Cups. Once this kid committed, he was repping Indiana harder than I've ever seen many of our past players. Mike Woodson has reinvigorated pride in the Trident, and Gabe, Pu- Gabe Cups is stepping foot onto campus with the pride that Mike is looking to instill in this team. Something you can point to, like the the evidence of him trying to instill this in the team, is Jalen hood Shafino's seemingly genuine love for this program despite his single season here. Who who else of our one-and-donners has that? It's different now. It's different now, guys. <laughs> I promise you. And uh, yeah, it goes to Gabe Cups because he's just stepping foot on campus with it. Right out the gate, this guy's just repping the cream and crimson hard as I've seen many of our players in the past. I, I think he's going to be one of those locker room guys who really does build pride for the program in his teammates. And I'm so grateful he's joined the squad for this season. Your superlative for uh, most likely to succeed. I'm going to give this to Mackenzie and Baco. Listen, when Calvert Chaney is discussing your chances of falling into a mindset of focusing on the noise that comes with being on the NBA's radar, and he says, you don't have that problem with Mackenzie and Baco. Mackenzie understands He's one of the rare young talents that understands the situation. He understands what he need, what he understands what needs to be done. He understands how to work, has a great work ethic. He understands. But obviously, he's one of the rare guys that kind of gets it. Uh, when when my, when Calvert Chaney says that about you, that freaking means something. Calvert Chaney has spent a long time around basketball. A long time around top-tier talent. His words ought to carry some weight when sizing up the work ethic of those on the hardwood. Cheney went on to speak to McKenzie's work ethic. I mean, he listens. Another great thing about him is he asks questions. He, he'll, put, he'll put us over to the side. Coach Yusir, Coach Cal, Coach Kenya, Coach Woody, this, this, and this. He might ask about a certain thing offensively or defensively, and it is like it continues to be a breath of fresh air. McKenzie and Baco, to me, this is Burke speaking now, Mackenzie Mbako sounds like the type of guy who knows now is the time to add every possible tool he can to his bag. And he, he will work in order to become the greatest player he can. Yeah, all these guys want to do it, but I mean, Calvary Chaney is saying something's different with this one. Something might be different with this one. Most likely to succeed, Mackenzie Mbako. For your uh, superlative for most chill. Yeah, I'm throwing out a most chill superlative on this squad. This is entirely based off of his Hoosier Hysterics interview, uh, but I'm going with new Hoosier Ja'Kai Newton. I said it a few episodes back, and I'll say it again. That guy comes off as effortlessly cool. When juxtaposed with his high-energy play on the floor, that is just a guy you want to know more about. Most chill, Ja'Kai Newton. I mean, go back and listen to that Hoosier Hysterics interview. Ja'Kai is effortlessly cool is the only way I can put it. Here's to Jakai's recovery. I want to see him because his play is explosive. If that injury can recover successfully and he can come back with that same pop, it's going to be an awesome addition to the squad. For your best couple, 
of this 2023-2024 preseason superlative. Your best couple goes to uh, Xavier Johnson and Kalel Ware. Imagine the pick and roll options with these two. X can drive the lane. Kalel can drive the lane. X can pop the three. Kalel can set a pick, lay back, and pop the three. I think we are in store for something we have yet to see here. A pick set by Kalel for Xavier Johnson should demand three guys' attention at any given time. And uh, therefore, someone's open for the dish. We have yet to see it, but I am excited. I am expecting exciting things to come from this couple right here. Your best couple, Xavier Johnson and Kalel Ware. Your award for Mr. Congeniality. The uh, superlative for Mr. Congeniality. Now, I could have went with the candidate we all know and love in Anthony Leal, but I'm going to go out on a limb. And here I'm going to say it's Peyton Sparks for the squad this year. I don't have much to go off as, as far as what we've seen, but his words from Hoosier player and now Ball State coach Michael Lewis on a Jasper, Indiana radio show speak volumes to this kid. Michael Lewis said of Peyton Sparks, he's going to walk through the door at IU as the best person in the program. He's an unbelievable human being. Great kid. I loved coaching him this year. When he walks in a room, he just lights up the room. He's just a really good person. I'm extremely happy for Peyton to have that opportunity to fulfill a dream and compete at the highest level of college basketball. How easily it is for coaches to beat down guys on his way out the door, or I mean in the in regards to Dana Altman and Kalel Ware, beat their guys on while they're still in the door. These words really stand out. Credit to Michael Lewis for still keeping the Hoosiers in that reverent part of his heart. When uh, just real, realizing the reasonings for Peyton wanting to leave his program, Michael Lewis continued. He said, I said, if you want to play at the highest level, you have an interest in Indiana. And if they have an interest in you, it doesn't get any bigger than that, dude. You've got to do this. Don't overthink it. I told him, you're an Indiana kid, man. You get a chance to play at IU and you handle your business the right way and make the connections with the people that you're going to be in touch with. It can change your life. I mean, yeah, I could, I could have went with the Mr. Congeniality we know, but those, those words stand out. That's his ex-coach. That's the coach who said, hey, I'm good enough. I'm peacing out on this program. And he's gassing him up like that. that. That is evidence of the type of character that Peyton Sparks is bringing to this Indiana program. Welcome to the squad, Peyton Sparks, your Mr. Conge- Mr. Congeniality. For this preseason. And lastly, and possibly the most dumb, best dressed. The old high school classic. Best dressed. Our guys bring the heat off the court, okay? The duds stay correct squad wide. But no one on God's green earth has rocked the Indiana red sweater as hard as Trey Galloway. The drip is undeniable. For that reason, he's your best dressed. God, hey, thank you for entertaining me through that insanely stupid segment here in the offseason. Now, before we get out of here, as I do every week, I wanted to hit you with a Hoosier history hit. This one is going to take a turn to the little more somber following that uh, laid-back segment portion. And uh, let's get into that now for you. This is your Hoosier history hit. Like I said, we are going to be taking a quick turn into the somber here. As in hindsight, I should have done this one last week. But nonetheless, I want to share it. For this Hoosier history hit, I wanted to shed light on some of the Hoosiers that we had lost on September 11th. It's easy to forget just how personal this event was for many of us out there. First up, there was Lieutenant General Timothy Maud. Timothy Maud was an Indiana native who enlisted for service while at Marion University. 
Following a two-year service in Vietnam and earning the Bronze Star, Tim Maud opted for a career within the Army. He worked his way up through the decades to become Lieutenant General. When American Flight 77 slammed into the Pentagon, Lieutenant General Maud was leading a meeting discussing military survivors' benefits programs. Timothy Maud is the highest-ranking general officer to be killed in hostile action since World War II. He was survived by his wife Terry and their two daughters. Another Indiana native to lose his life on that fateful day, Colonel Canfield Boone. Canfield Boone grew up in Milan before moving to Indianapolis and attending Butler. According to his son Andy Boone, he was at ground zero when the plane hit, right exactly where the plane hit. And that was ground zero of the Pentagon. Another Hoosier lost on September 11th is Major Stephen Long. Stephen V. Long. Stephen V. Long graduated from Cascade High School in Clayton, Indiana. He enlisted in the Army in 1981. While serving in Granada, he earned a Purple Heart. It was in the, during this time that he sustained several injuries as well as a broken back and continued providing support to his brothers-in-arms. He also served in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and in Germany for some time. He became responsible for assignments to logistical officers when in the Total Army Personnel Command in Alexandria, Virginia. At, he was at the Pentagon hosting a logistics meeting when uh, Flight 77 slammed into it. After losing his life on that day, the Pentagon has uh, dedicated a conference room to his memory. He is survived by his wife, Tina, and his two stepsons. Another who lost their life um, in the Pentagon incident was Brenda Gibson, a civilian Army employee who worked as a budget analyst. She is a native to Indianapolis um, who lost her life when the Pentagon was hit. Friends throughout the Pentagon remember, remember her cordial greetings and pleasant smile as she moved about the facility, bragging about her three-year-old granddaughter at the time, Raven. She left behind four sisters and her son, Eric, who called her his best friend. Lastly involved in the Pentagon incident was Eddie Dillard, who graduated from the Gary Public School System and went on to work for Philip Morris as a district manager before becoming a bit of a real estate mogul himself. Eddie Dillard was among the uh, passengers of Flight 77 that had crashed into the Pentagon. Eddie is mourned by his wife, Rosemary, two brothers, and his nieces and nephews. And now involved in the World Trade Center incident, in the World Trade Center attacks, Gary Bright, Hoosier Gary Bright, grew up in Muncie and graduated from Southside High School. After this, he graduated from Indiana University with a degree in psychology before heading to New York to move in with his sister and get some work. Gary was in the towers for work when the planes hit. He is remembered by his four siblings and his nieces and nephews. He was 36 at the time of his death. Another story of short lives lost. Uh, Katie McCloskey from South Bend, Indiana. She was a Adams High School and IU graduate who landed the job of her dreams in the World Trade Center just six weeks prior to the attack. She is remembered fondly by her father. She was remembered fondly by her father, mother, and three siblings. There is currently a scholarship in her name that has raised more than $140,000 to send students to college. Her father spoke in 2014 before his passing on what Katie would ask of those in the world today, and he stated Katie would ask one thing of all of us. Just simply do something good for someone else. If everyone would do that, just think of what different, what a different world we would live in. Another tragic loss on that day is Stacy Peak from Tell City. She moved to New York to work at Cantor Fitzgerald in the World Trade Center. Stacy was at work as an energy trader on the 105th floor when the planes hit. Her family watched in horror 
from Tell City, helpless to save their daughter, their sister. Now there's currently a long marble bench in her memory uh, found at Tell City's Veterans Sunset Park. The last Hoosier native to uh, lose their life on that day was Karen Judy. Karen Judy also worked for Cantor Fitzgerald as an administrative assistant. The Bremen-born Elkhart native moved to the big city with her fiancé, Richard Pecorella, with the two planning to marry the summer of 2002. She was mourned by Richard and her two children from a prior marriage, now adults with families of their own. Karen was on the 101st floor at the time of the attacks. Uh, uh, yeah, I really wish uh, I could have shared these last week as the episode was released on September 11th, but I didn't want to not share them. Um, listen, time destroys all, and time will inevitably destroy the memory of that day in the minds of our population. It's important to remember this as best we can, as long as we can. This shit hit close to home, even if some of us don't know that. And yeah, just don't forget the Hoosiers that lost their lives on that day. Also, keep Saudi money out of sports. Damn it. Like any politician that's pushing that shit. They're the worst kind of hypocrite. This, this happened. <laughs> this happened. Oh, that's the most political I'll get on this show. I promise. And that was your Hoosier history yet. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Often Daunted podcast. Yeah, thanks for entertaining me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Often Daunted podcast. Like I am every Monday, I'll be right back here next. And uh, I hope you'll join me. Thanks for checking in. And uh, have yourself a great week, Hoosier fans. God bless you and yours. God bless the Indiana Hoosiers. Lux at Veritas. Take it easy, guys.